Coach Carol, welcome to another episode of the Sales Factory Podcast. I got my man Eric Trice with me today. Uh, pretty special episode. You know, a lot of times I'll bring you guys, you know, interviews with just really cool hustlers that, um, you know, have caught my attention or my respect and, you know, just try to give them a, a spot to um, kind of show a path, right, uh, of what you could possibly do, what's possible out there for you. You know, the last episode we had Ethan Adams on, dude was a, a, is a just burning up the real estate market here in Louisville. So if you haven't checked that episode out, go check that one out for sure. And if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, any of those, make sure to give us a, a review so it helps us get in front of more people. And then if you're watching on YouTube or any of the video platforms, give us a thumbs up, hit the share button. So Eric, my man, welcome to the Sales Factory. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we're excited. So uh, for those of you guys that are listening and watching, um, Eric was actually one of my first students that went through Sales Excellence University. Uh, so I thought it would be kind of cool. The dude is just absolutely killing it now uh, in the truck washing space, the commercial exterior cleaning space. And so you got a lot of you guys, if you know my story, that's kind of where I came from. And so um, we built Sales Excellence University. Gosh, was that 2016, 17? Well, 18 when was that eric when did you when did you make the jump um, hang on i gotta check on the wall my first one i can tell you <laughs> um where's the date 15 yeah so like 16 so like the first 16, time i was in so, 15 so probably 15 yeah, 16 man. so we're talking five six years ago um you know eric was and I'll, I'll let him share a little bit more about his story here in a second but um you know he was in a job and was looking to make a change and wanted to kind of get an exterior cleaning business, but he knew, unlike a lot of contractors, right? A lot of contractors think you just go buy some shiny equipment and all of a sudden the phone starts ringing. He knew that he needed to learn how to sell. And so um, he reached out to me. We got connected. He went through Sales Excellence University um, and now the dude just absolutely crushes it. So Eric, tell him a little bit about your background story. What were you doing before you became, uh, you know, an awesome entrepreneur that, you know, you were sharing with me beforehand Now I was homeless. No, we'll get into that later, but <laughs> you guys have to listen to the end. Uh, but Eric, what were you doing before you got uh, started with Absolute Pressure Cleaning? Yeah, so I was doing uh, construction. Um, <clears throat> and to back it up a little bit before that, I was a, uh, a GM master certified technician. Um, and yeah, I was like I 22, 20, 21, 22. And I was like two certifications away from being like the elite. Uh, there, at that point, there was only 1800 people in the country that had all those certifications. And I was like, man, this kind of sucks to be like 22. And I'm at the top. Like, I know, like I can see how far I can go. And like, that, that's it. Um, and that just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. So, um, I was just looking for something different. Um, I went for, so that's what got me into construction. So, uh, my father, my grandfather has a successful company. Um, my ex-brother-in-law, who's the one who I actually went to go work with. He had a successful company. My uncle did it. So I come from like a long line of like contractors who had all had done well. So I was like, well, let's give the family business, so to speak, a, a shot and see if uh, uh, that works out kind of with the mind that possibly it might turn into my own thing. But um, it didn't take me long to find out that I did not like construction um, <laughs> at all. Uh, I got pretty decent at it. Like I know enough to, to get myself in trouble, I guess. But I also had the mindset. So I was 22 making, um, I don't know, 
75 grand ish, um, a year. So I I brainwashed myself to think that money wasn't everything. I was like, Oh, like, I don't need to make a bunch of money. Like money doesn't buy happiness, the yada, 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 which is kind of true, but I was thinking about it backwards. And I, um, so I went from making 75 grand a year to, I was making like 1550 an hour to start. And, um, it didn't take long to realize that I was going broke in a hurry. (laughs) And, uh, so that's what led to me wanting to start this, this power washing company was just a side hustle, just to, to make some extra money. Um, and a lot of times businesses start that way, right? They're, they're like a yeah, side I, hustle. And then I you, feel like a lot of people in the exterior cleaning, like they start as just a side hustle to make some extra money. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, so how, thing, when you, when you got started in the business, how quickly did you realize like, shit, man, I got, there's more to this than just doing the work. Probably. I don't know. I was not as long as most, maybe just because I, have a tendency like if i want like am interested in something i will just research the shit out of it and so i'm just like all night just like looking at like this is back when there was like the bulletin boards like the old school like online yeah. forums and stuff so i'm like digging through them and um you know just learning as much as i can and so i feel like that really helped a lot with the learning curve um just so much time just reading and just consuming as much as i could um and then it got to the point where I was like, all right, I got something here. Like I actually, this isn't just a side hustle. Like I can do something with this. Yeah. And, um, I went all in and th- sidebar, this isn't financial advice. Um, so when it came time to pay the mortgage or buy chemicals or parts or whatever I needed to get shit done for the next couple of weeks, I was all in on the business. So I got like, I was already broke. So I was like, screw it this is my way out. And, um, man, I, I got to the point, like right when I was on the edge of like getting it or not, not getting it, but like being more financially stable, I was like 12 grand behind on a mortgage. <laughs> um, the, my truck had been repoed once I got it back. They were trying to get it again. Um, and like just all this stuff and it, it all kind of, worked out to where I didn't get the house foreclosed on, but they did come slap that manila folder right on the front door and take a picture of it. Um, so it was at that point it was real. And that's when like, when that happened, that's when like, I really turned, turned the hustle on. Yeah. Everybody has that moment where it's like, okay, the fuse is lit. Like this thing's going to fucking blow. I got to, I got to get going now. Like this is, yeah. it's not a joke anymore. We're not playing around anymore. It's not fun. Right. Like we yeah. got, we got to get, we got to get moving. Um, so, yeah. So, so then what happened after that? Like if you, I mean, you guys, you, you know, you're kind of, most people would call that rock bottom, right? Like, I mean, their trucks, trucks getting repoed, you know, the, the foreclosure notices getting posted to the door, um, yeah. How? Where Where are you at now? Fast forward. I mean, you got what? I saw truck number nine hundred and thirty-seven or something. You're going to put on the road. What's what? How many trucks are you guys running now? So it's truck number twelve, but it's uh, I have nine. Gotcha. So I've, gotcha. I've, I've I've totaled one and sold two. <laughs> <laughs> it goes hard, ladies and gentlemen. He goes hard. 
<laughs> no, that's, but that's so cool, Eric, to see that, that, you know, that you've been able to amass that in, you know, 2016, we're recording this 22, like it's not that long. Like, you know, no. that's, that's that thing where it's like people, um, you know, you see that, that quote all the time, like they, they overassume what they can do in a mm-hmm. year and they underassume what they can do in a decade. And it's like, you're living proof of that, man, that, you know, if you put your head down, you, you, you take your ass whoopings when they come and you learn from them and you keep pushing forward. Uh, yeah. There's certainly that ability to, you know, have success. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so many things in life are just about that discipline of like just being consistent and just doing the same things day in and day out and making sure that that you're doing the right things, right? You're going to do the right things repeated over time uh, yeah. will create extraordinary results. But uh, so what, so what happened then, man? I mean, you guys, you're, you're about to get foreclosed on what did the magic fairy show up to your door or what, what happened? No. Uh, so the, the truck being repoed, like that's easy to hide, right? Like you can <laughs> put it in the ground. I mean, it, it's well, not the truck itself, but like that actually happening. So like, I got it back within like two days. So I think my sister knew about it. My dad is the one who kind of bailed me out and helped me get it back. And my boss, the the guy I was doing construction with, he knew about it um, because I didn't show up to work that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, that was a super low moment, but like nobody other than those three people, nobody really knew about it. Right. And then, but when the foreclosure got, slapped on the front door my wife now uh girlfriend at the time she was sitting on the couch um so at that point it was like it's fucking real i um, had some explaining to do yeah and i actually I, I lied and i got out of it um <laughs> but still like i'm i knew in the back of my head like this is going to come full circle and eventually she's going to figure out what that is and i got to <laughs> be able to be like it's all good like we're good now <laughs> Um, so, so you, you knew that when it did come for full circle, you better be able to write the check to make it clean. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Cause like right around the same time, like, I don't know, two weeks before that I called Wells Fargo and I was like, look, like I was doing better at that point. I said, I've got, I owe you like 10 grand or whatever it is at that point. I'm like, let me give you six today. Or I think it was seven. I said, give me two weeks and I'll give you the rest. And they were like, no all or nothing i'm like well i guess you're getting nothing it's like that cat williams skit right where he's like they, they don't want part of it a piece of it they want the whole thing damn right they wanted it all they were tired of waiting and i can't play um so gosh well around that time so that was right around the time i was going through um sales excellence university uh and so that i was i was doing that, that oh hold on i gotta stop you there you hear that guys Dude couldn't pay his mortgage and he got into SEU. You feel that? Like, when, like I, I talk to people all the time, man. And I'm like, I'm telling, I tell them, I'm like, put it on a credit card. You got it. Like, it will help you. It will pay for itself. And it's like, oh, I'm so scared. So like, I got my man over here. That's like not making his mortgage payment, but by God, he was an SEU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you I was all in, all in on, on making it work. I love um, it, man. So I went to a little round table. I wasn't going to go, um, to this round table event thing. Uh, one, I couldn't afford it Two, I had to work. Um, just, I had all the excuses in the world. And then it was like the week of, or like the weekend before we got a snowstorm. So construction outside couldn't work for two weeks. Um, 
just like everything lined up to be like, okay, there's no excuse not to go other than the fact that you can't afford it. And I was like, right. And I, then I had like another job lined up for when I got back or I did it before or something like it just, it worked out. And, um, so I went and that like gave me the belief side of things like that. Really? I was like, all right, I, I really can do something. What made you believe like just seeing other guys that like had, had achieved it or what's. Yeah. So in that room, um, my buddy, Nate Ferrier was there. Um, but it was, it was just a room of regular guys and all of them were, were in my mind successful. Um, I'm pretty sure most of them you would consider successful at, you know, at some degree. Um, and honestly, like <laughs> their houses were getting repoed. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> they all had nice vehicles and they weren't just getting their shit repossessed they weren't running to a high or indiana to hide from the repo man <laughs> but uh i uh i just like at one point i just thought like if that guy can do it any reason i can't yeah i mean like he he just looks he looks like you or me like yeah just a dude in a doesn't look like he's anybody special and they're doing it so there's no reason i can't do it yeah so <clears throat> that when i came back i was like i think i went i like backed up in some of the seu stuff the more like the cold call stuff is really what i like i hammered on um <clears throat> and kind of went through that again and then um just got after it but the other interesting thing was when i got back i was fueling up my truck on the way back because I had to drive because I couldn't afford to fly. <clears throat> um, and I, I like literally had to pull up my bank account and be like, all right, do I got enough money in here to fuel the truck to get home. And there was wow. like, I think after I put gas in it, there was like 40 or 50 bucks. And uh, I remember thinking, I'm like, all right, well, I've been gone for like four days. There's got to be a check in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> from something there's got and there was like somebody's got to pay me had to have yeah. cut a check <laughs> there was a few hundred bucks in the mailbox when i got home so it was like but still like thinking back now like 50 bucks left a couple hundred bucks in the box that ain't cutting it <laughs> right man um, right now i want i want you i want to touch on something there too because like the self-belief stuff is so ridiculously okay. important if you're going to achieve anything in life Absolutely. um you know with any level of success I really think that like, you know, that's why I, would, I tell people, you know, you, I know if you guys are listening to this, you've heard my story before, but like when my chemistry teacher told me like, I'd never be as successful being an entrepreneur as if I just went to school and became a chemical engineer. And it was like, that was chip number one on my shoulder. And I knew that at that point in time, like I had to believe in myself because nobody else was going to. And like, right. I feel like all successful entrepreneurs, all successful salespeople, they all come to that point uh, they have to have that that climax at some point where it's like, fuck everybody else. I'm believing in myself mm -hmm. and I'm going all in uh, because the ones that don't ever have that moment end up giving up uh, mm -hmm. because there will become there. There will be a dark day. There will be a dark time. There will be a, a bad hour or a bad week or a bad month or a bad mm -hmm. year. Or fuck, sometimes even a bad decade. Like, <laughs> and you have to lean on that self-belief that, you know, I, I can figure this thing out. Like, and, and I love that you said, man, the other big thing there is like round tables, you know, that's what they used to call them now. It's just these big shows, these trade shows, you know, yeah. we'll be at one next week in Orlando, but 
used to, it was like 15, 20 dudes just huddled up in a shop, sitting on buckets, shooting the breeze, right? And like talking about different techniques and stuff uh, before all these Facebook groups came along. And, and the power of that, like what you don't get in these Facebook groups or the online forums is you can't really get face to face. Like all you have is like a little profile picture. Maybe not even that. Some of these guys don't have profile pictures and they're on there as rising. But like if you can get in the same room with other people that are where you want to be, it does wonders, man. It's it's like the closest yeah. thing to magic that I can come up with. And I mean, you're living proof of that, dude, that like that was the spark. That was the thing that you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I can do this. If that guy over there can do it, I can fucking do it. And then yeah. you went back home and and you made it happen. So you went back home and you dive back into SU. You get through the cold call stuff. And it's like, all right, cool. Boom. I'm just going to hammer the phones. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Man. Man, I don't even know how to describe it. What was it like? Um, it's scary. Right. Like even to this day, like if I'm, if, and, and I don't do a ton of sales for the company now, I mean, I do some, but if I got to go like getting cold call mode, like that first, the first couple calls, it's like for me, like a little bit of butterflies, I guess. Yeah. And then like, then you get a yes or you, you know, you schedule an appointment or, or whatever it is. And it's like, cool. Another one. And then you just, you just get in a flow. Yeah. Um, oh, it's fuck. It's, it's, I don't know. I guess it's the next closest thing to a high for me. Um, and, and for me, it's not, it's not so much the, um, the actual like scheduling the meeting or the sale itself. It is being able to read somebody's personality over the phone Mm. and being able to twist or tweak my technique to tailor to their specific personality to get them to do what I want them to do. Mm. That's the shit that I get excited about. Like it's just, yeah. and it's it's manipulative, but it's it's not. It's for it's their fun. benefit, so it's okay, yeah. right? It's a, I yeah. always always talk about the Jedi mind tricks, right? Mm. Like it's got to be you got to be a good Jedi mind trick, not a bad Jedi mind trick, and so uh, it's perfectly okay. But yeah, dude, I I I can really like I'm over here smiling because I'm like, yes, I, that's <laughs> that's like the greatest. Thing. When someone's like, no, I'm not really interested, and then you can keep working them and you overcome the objective, and then you know they're they're like, I'm not really interested. I don't think this is for me. You just keep working and working, and then finally you lock down the appointment. It's like. That's to me is more exciting than actually closing the deal, right? Yeah, hands yeah. down. It's uh, I don't, I don't. That's that's it. The the personality um, profile. I'm like, that's the I like that shit. Yeah, man, it's cool. <clears throat> well, let's uh, let's take a quick break right now, um, and we'll be right back, and uh, we'll have a quick message from one of our sponsors. Hey, what's up? It's Coach Carroll. I hope you're enjoying the podcast here on the Sales Factory. Uh, you probably heard Eric talking about my book, Phenomenal Phone Calls. Uh, it's the gritty guide to closing big money deals over the phone. You can get your copy today at phenomenalphonecalls.com. It's phenomenalphonecalls.com. It doesn't cost you anything. I'll give it to you for free. Uh, you just give me your name, your shipping information. You just pick up the postage on it. I think it's like seven bucks and uh, we'll ship you the book out for free. Uh, it's just one other way, another tool in your toolbox for me to help you close more deals get to the money quicker now let's get back to the podcast enjoy the sales factory all right and we're back guys if you're just tuning in i'm coach carol i've got my man eric trice here this is a sales factory if you're watching this on one of the other platforms make sure you thumbs it up uh like it share it leave us a comment let let us know what you're thinking uh eric is quick 
quick recap. We've kind of talked about, you know, where he started at and where he's gotten. So if you missed anything, go back and rewind it and listen to that. Um, but, you know, so Eric, you've, you've been on the phone, you're starting to set up some appointments. Now you're starting to get some traction. You know, what's, what's those next steps looking like for you? Like, are you, are you kind of licking your chops? You starting to get a little excited. Cause you know, like when you start rocking the, you know, the, the closes and you start adding people on the scheduling, you know, that's when it becomes real. Right. Cause then like the checks yeah. start flowing in what, I mean, what, at what point did you like get out of that, like scarcity, right. Of like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, I got to make this work to like, Holy fuck. This thing is actually working now. <laughs> well, for me, um, so like did that started selling, uh, got a shop, got i don't know i had like two or three guys um and we were just cruising and i made the mistake of and i didn't consciously do it but i got complacent like mm. everything was okay yeah i was comfortable everything was cool like everything was just going and i was working a little bit and but i was constantly like there was always something like, you know how that is, like it starts starting a, a service business from small and it's like, there's always something going on, mm-hmm. um, always putting out fire. So, and then I kind of realized like, man, I've just been flat. Like I'm not really doing anything. Um, <clears throat> so I had to like snap myself out of it. And then even then moving past that, like I started doing sales, but really like you get to the point where it's like, you got to get out of your own way. Like you got to start building a team, uh, not just technicians and stuff out there doing the thing, but you got to build your, you know, your admin or your executive team around you. Um, and that's when like, that's kind of like where we're, where we transitioned last year and it's really gotten fun again. Um, Cause you know, we were, what do we do? Like 36 grand year one, 150 something year two, two and some change and then two and some change and then i sold off my residential side so yeah, i could I just remember that in and just laser focus on trucks yeah um, and then i grew like a tiny bit and then it was just like it kind of clicked again like i hired an ops manager i started building that team like i was talking about and then i kind of like got out of the way and it's just like three something to 965 to uh i want to double again this year um at least double so uh we're shooting for i'm shooting for two but um and now it's like fun just because like build a team and kind of get out of the way and let watch it work yeah no that's i'm and dude i'm so proud of you too because like um to see like where you came from and started like when I got to start working with you as your coach like one of the best things like people ask me all the time like they're like oh what do you coach I'm like well I'm a sales and business coach like oh sales I'm like yeah like I teach people how to sell Mm -hmm. and I know like to the outside perspective like it maybe it seems a little weird or something but they don't realize how fulfilling it is it is to take somebody like you Eric and like Mm -hmm. I mean all the credit goes to you because you did the work right but like to be able to kind of have a hand in that to say look man you've got the ambition and the drive and the hustle Mm -hmm. let me just give you some skill sets so like you can use that skill and that drive and that ambition to really take it to the next level and then to come back you know because nothing happens overnight um I, I talk about that all the time right like all my sales training stuff that I teach it's like percentages like 
you, mm-hmm. you, you pick up one little skill trait, it like swings your percentages by 2%. Like, so if you had a 60% chance of closing the deal, but I teach how to overcome objections, now you got a 64% chance of closing the deal, right? And you learn mm-hmm. pr- prospect profiling. It's like, all right, now I just added another 8%. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what it's about. And then that cumulative experience on top of the skills, man, for me, one of the most fulfilling things is like getting to see people, you know, just achieve these numbers. Like you're going to, you'll have a million dollar business this year. And it's like, come from being a, a certified mechanic like to this like like that, I don't know what I don't know what more proof people need you know what I mean like it's like yeah. anything's anything is possible <clears throat> if you'll just pay the dues mm-hmm. uh, not be a little bitch about it get up work hard not complain uh, figure it out be a problem solver right like you guys just heard Eric talk about like there's fires he was putting fires out like yes you have to be a problem solver in life. Like the problem solvers are the ones that make a lot of money. Um, and so like f- for me, man, I just want to say, you know, kudos to you because um, it's been awesome seeing you guys grow and, you know, you just you got married and you've got a house and now you've sold the house. We talked a little bit about that before the show with, with the real estate market being so crazy. Uh, you know, guys, some of the guys that are listening, like some of you all have heard me talk about, like, if you live in your home for more than two years, uh, then the gain on the real estate is 100% tax free. Um, that's why you hear a lot of financial advisors saying, hey, one of the fastest ways to build wealth is through owning a home. Mm-hmm. And it's not really owning the home, it's owning the home for two years and then selling the motherfucker, <laughs> um, especially when it's in a peak market. So, uh, I mean, Eric, t- if you don't mind sharing, man, t- let them know what you just cleared off of your house. <laughs> yeah. So I was in that home, um, what did I say, nine years. We, um, it had an unfinished upstairs. So we put about 30 grand into it, um, to finish the upstairs. And then at the table, first off, here's how stupid the, the market was. Um, we listed the house. Uh, we got an offer in on the second day. Um, he offered, what do you offer? 20 grand over asking, but wanted 10,000 in seller help for closing costs. And me being me, I said, I asked my realtor, I was like, can I counter? She was like, well, yeah, you can. I said, all right, cool. 30 over asking and we'll do 10 grand in help. So it's like, he was already giving me more than what I asked for. And then I came back and asked for more. Why not, man? Why not? Right? <laughs> like timid, timid and, uh, salespeople have skinny kids. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so clo- at settlement, uh, they wrote me a check for 172 grand. Wow, man. It's crazy. And the funny thing was, uh, so the realtor posted a picture and tagged everything. And um, the attorney that helped me, um, like I got this pro bono attorney when I had to do like a um, mortgage modification or whatever they call it. Like it was a whole big thing. Like I met with a judge and Wells Fargo's attorney. And then I had like a pro bono guy uh, who I've actually used since then. But um, he sent me a message. He was like, damn. He said, all that help I gave you to save that house and you just sold it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, that's so fun. cool, though, man. I, I, just again, man, just kudos to you. You're, I mean, you, you're just absolutely crushing it. What um, if you if the, the people that are listening, you know, if you could give them a couple of words of wisdom, a couple words of advice, you know, over your half a decade, six, seven years, <laughs> wherever you're going on now, um, you know, what are what are some of the biggest lessons? Because that's. I always say like, you don't have to go running naked through the landmines, right? Like you can ask other entrepreneurs, other people that came before you like, Hey, 
where'd you step and blow up? Right. Like I share the story all the time about my fitness center and like how I lost that because a real estate agent took me to the fucking cleaners. Right. I tried to sue the guy, <laughs> didn't have the paperwork in order. And like it got thrown out, lost a half a million dollars worth of real estate in a six figure company. Uh, mm -hmm. My lesson learned out of that is you can never have too many attorneys working for you. And now like <laughs> everything gets double checked. So like, what's some lessons that, that you could share with the audience, man, that, that, you know, you, just give us a couple. Yeah. Um, Man, I feel like the the biggest thing for me and when I saw that huge growth was <clears throat> like I touched on before, just building the right team. Mm. Um, and I had I hired the wrong person as an so I hired an ops manager, the one I have now, uh, just over a year ago. He was he had he'd been here a year in December. Um and I had one before him who wasn't the right one and it didn't work out. And it was six or eight months before I finally found the right one. Um, but he has strengths that I don't have. Right. So I can sell. Um, but he was a director of operations for a Hyatt hotel. So he had customer service skills, which I had, but he can talk to people better. Mm -hmm. Um, he had a, a pile of employees that he overseed, uh, or oversaw whatever however you're saying. Uh, um, and so he brought hiring to the table um like through all last year like everybody's squealing about hiring and we never had maybe a week or two where we were like shit we need somebody and we got somebody um wow. so he he so, does all the hiring and firing uh, on the ops side yep um i mean we might fire together but unless it's yeah. like something where it needs to be addressed immediately then right obviously he'll just take care of it but um so between just managing the team and helping build the right team uh, knowing you know what people to bring and when to kind of cut somebody loose because they're not the right one um mm -hmm. way better at that than i am sales uh when we when i brought him on part of his deal was to do some sales and i set a goal of 30 grand a month in new sales um january we did like 60 <laughs> and i was that's when i got the idea i was like well, that was easy. <laughs> I was like, let's go for a hundred. So February we did like 110. And I said, all right, we're going to do a million dollars in new, new customer sales this year. Um, and we did it by September. Wow. Um, now we didn't retain everybody. Uh, cause we got clearly made some, when you sell a million dollars in new sales in a year, um, and there's you're only a $300,000 company. <laughs> yeah. There's some um, learning curves you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pick some wrong customers and you're gonna hire the wrong customers and um obviously make some mistakes but um yeah i think, I think the, the team I having the that, having the team man uh, is is huge you know having the right people on the bus and making mm -hmm. sure that they're on they're on board with the mission of where everything's going is is super important you know that's why company culture you know if you're the leader um if you guys are listening to this uh, a book that i read last year uh, was called rocket fuel man it's mm -hmm. amazing because you yep. know they change it from a ceo and a coo position to a visionary and an integrator um and you know your job as the visionary is to cast the vision of the company and to steer company culture right and so like that was like a game changer for me, like really kind of opened my eyes. And so, you know, Eric's saying the same thing here is like, 
one of his biggest lessons, like the fucking afterburners clicked on when you started building that team out of a players, not just building a team, building a team mm-hmm. of a players. And that's where like a lot of people will complain of like, I can't find good help. I can't, they're out there. You might just have a shitty company. And it's like, you know, if they got to show up to a storage unit and you don't have any uniforms and, you know, you're going to pay them cash and there's no like, like yeah. you're not taking taxes out. Like, you know, of course you're going to have a hard time finding employees mm-hmm. if, if that's the type of shit show that you're running. But yeah. if you've got a t- an operation that's tight, that has company culture and core values and a mission statement and everybody's on board about where they're going and the, the guy at the top is excited all the way down to the guy at the bottom is excited. Um, you know, that's, that's when the magic happens. So, yeah, man, I think that's, that's spot on. Let's talk about a mistake. What's, what's maybe one of the biggest mistakes that you made. <laughs> if I could pick my webcam up and put it in the shop, I could show it to you. Um <laughs> Man, so I have, like we talked about before, like I come from a mechanic background, so I know how to fix trucks, equipment, whatever. I can do it. Um, I've got a truck in the shop that needs an engine, and I told myself that I would tear it apart and fix it, but, you know, fix it, whatever. And I could. And then, like, it just snowballed to, all right, now it needs an engine. Like, if I had just let the shop that originally had it, put an engine in it back in fucking June, it would be on the road right now, (laughs) but instead it's sitting in the shop still needs an engine. Like I'm finally getting an engine ordered this week, but it's just been this, this in my head that I can do it. So I need to do it. Um, And the same with some other stuff, like I can fix that. So I need to fix that when in reality, like I've got no business working on my trucks at this Mm -hmm. point. You know, it's one thing when you're when you're starting out and you're bootstrapping, you don't have any cash, and it's like, all right, I'm gonna do anything I can do to get stuff yep. done. But at this level, yeah, I'm yep. doing my, myself, my employees, like literally everybody a disservice by um trying to be the repair guy. That's so that's so fire, dude. That's um I call that the broke bitch mentality, right? And like that's the problem, <laughs> is like when you're starting and you're hustling and your fucking trucks getting repoed and they're trying to foreclose on your house and you know, you don't, you got $50 in your bank account and you're filling up the truck, right? It's like you make decisions out of scarcity at that Mm -hmm. level in life. When you start ascending up the ladder of success, we'll just call it, you have to change that. Like that, that old adage of like, what got you here won't get you there. Like that right. is so true, man. And it's like, yes, absolutely. You have the skill set, you have the ability, uh, all of that. You could, there's no doubt in my mind, right? You go out there and knock the thing out. The problem is you won't be able to get to it because you're running the fucking company. Like, you know, the, right. like when the fucking line breaks at GM in Detroit, the CEO doesn't go, oh shit, let me go down and change the belt on the line real quick so we get back up operational. <laughs> they don't even fucking know. You know, I, I, I said, a, uh, made a comment to, uh, Victoria the other day, we were, I think we were watching the news or like we we're driving down the street or something. And there was like a semi truck that was like, just like turned over. I think it was during the snowstorm. It's like mm-hmm. barreled over. And it was like an RNL carriers, right? Big company. And I'm like, you know what? The fucking CEO probably doesn't even know that truck sitting on its side. Like has no idea it's laying on I-65 on its side. And no. it's like, that is so important, man, because that is a step of evolution of like climbing to that next stage of saying, just pay for it. Like just yeah. pay it. And, and, and it'll come back. Uh, I, I don't know if it was Ed Milet or um, I can't remember who I heard it through. I think it was Ed Milet. He said, stop negotiating the price of your success. Mm. 
Stop negotiating the price of your success. And that's what we do, right? We say, oh man, you know, I mean, that's what, that's what you did with that truck, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was fucking 25,000 to have them do it. You could do it for 16.5 and you're like, ah, mm-hmm. fuck, I'm going to do it for 16.5. It's like, no, the price of your success <laughs> is $25,000. It's just like, you got to fucking pay it. And so, yeah. uh, man, that, thank you for sharing that because I think that really gets, especially from like our background, right? Like that blue collar contractor, because yeah. there's a certain sense of pride right? Like there's a certain sense of pride. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck that. I could fix that. I'm not paying it. Like my dad's 65 years old, still works with me in the business. And it's like, mm-hmm. he's the same way. Oh, we don't need to spend that. Kind of it's like, stop, go swipe the fucking credit card and make the problem go away. Like yeah. swipey, swipey, no more problem. Uh, so I, yeah, I forget man. who said it. Um, was it the, uh, it might be in, be in the book, who not how, but it was basically like, if you've got money, you don't have a problem. Yeah. And it's, you might have an inconvenience, but you don't have a problem. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the thing is like, you always want new problems, right? Get new problems. It's life is a miserable thing to live when you have the same problem over and over and over. Like, Oh fuck, here they come. Here comes the repo guy <laughs> again. <laughs> if, if you have to state the problem with again at the end of it, you're not doing it right, bro. <laughs> you made a mistake somewhere. <laughs> No, man, that's cool. That's cool. What's, uh, let's leave, I always like to find out what books you've been reading. Uh, you know, any, any guests that I have on any, any recommendations for, for the library? Hmm. What are some of the best ones? I feel like, I don't, I don't know if I've read, so I've read this past year, um, stream ownership. I'm sure that one has to have been and talked about on, on, uh, I tell you what, um, damn it. What's the name of it? Brandon Burchard wrote it um our performance habits no it's another one i don't remember the name of it i got it in my luggage and i just saw it the other day um um hpa high performance habits is let's look it up let's take a look here i want to say brandon richard like the the intro is like deep um um the charge life no maybe i might have the wrong uh <laughs> wrong guy. the gold, life's golden ticket the motivation manifesto motivation manifesto i, that, I literally like every book except for that one. <laughs> yeah now that one is good that one is really good brendan um, solid guy man I, I don't think you know he he has a video where he's talking about he was at a diner with this youtuber that had like five million subscribers and they sit mm-hmm. down and they're eating lunch and uh this lady like sits down next to the youtuber and she goes hey i think i know you and the youtuber's like oh shit here we go crazy fan alert right and she goes hey right. did you go to such and such high school and he's like no she goes, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were somebody that I knew. And like Brendan's like, you know, it just goes to show you in this world of the internet, it's like you have 5 million subscribers and go to a diner and people still don't know who the fuck you are. So it's like, you know, I think Brendan is somebody that's probably slept on, you know, everybody knows Tony Robbins, but I would put mm-hmm. Brendan right up there. I mean, they're number one, number two, when it comes to content from yeah. high performance, uh, you know, personal development standpoint. So mm-hmm. yeah, Motivation Manifesto is, is a solid one, man. Good, good. Good, uh, good recommendation. Good recommendation. Yeah. Cool, man. I read that uh, to my wife and she said, what'd she say? She's like, I feel like I was just scolded and enlightened in the same sentence. <laughs> it's so deep. I'm sure Brendan would appreciate that too. So, <laughs> well, man, it's been awesome uh, having you on, Eric, and getting to catch up, dude. I'm glad that you guys are 
you know, doing well. I mean, from fucking 50 bucks in the, in the <laughs> bank account to, you know, doing, uh, you guys will have a million dollar business this year, maybe a multi-million dollar business. And, um, I'm just, you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart for letting me play some small, tiny role in that and, and helping you along the journey. Cause that's my life's purpose and really means a lot to me. So anything you want to yeah. want to leave the audience with before we go? Um, man, just, uh, I don't know. I get if oh, there's a lot I could leave them with. <laughs> um, two things: just self belief. Like, there's nothing in this world. I had this conversation today. There is literally nothing in this world that you can't have. If you if you want it, you can have it. If you want yeah. it bad enough, there's nothing you can't have. Um, and literally and this was this took a while for me to figure out but like literally every decision you make or what you have or your circumstance is a direct result of every single decision you make hands down without Mm. a doubt Mm. so that man whenever you're feeling like a victim of circumstance it's bullshit it's a direct result of a decision you made at some point might not have been the last decision, but it is a result of a decision you made. And once personal you belief, that, personal responsibility, baby. Personal belief, personal responsibility. Love it, man. Love it. Well, guys, if you guys have been, uh, if you have enjoyed this interview, if you're watching us on any of the video platforms, you know, make sure to give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Eric, how can they find you if they want to link up with you on social media? Um, man, I, I'm on Facebook. I'm not a. Uh, on Instagram or Twitter, like I probably should be, but <laughs> Facebook. Um, I also run a group called the Fleet Wash Academy. Um, cool. If you're ever interested in washing trucks, check that out. There's a ton of information on there, but yeah, yeah hit me up on Facebook. Love it. Love it. Cool, guys. And if and remember, if you're listening to this on the audio platforms, make sure to give it a five-star review. It helps to get out more in front of more people. Um, you know, certainly not selfish of me. I just want to help more people. So um, just like I've been able to do with my man, Eric Trice. So it's been fun, brother. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much. And uh, for the rest of you, until next time, here's to your success.